Do you ever feel like a hamster on a hamster wheel, not getting anywhere new? Perhaps you've hit a plateau that has you asking, is this it? Have you accomplished all you've set out to do in life and are not feeling as fulfilled as you thought you would? It is normal at midlife to reassess what's working for you and what's not. It's also normal to want to reclaim your time, your energy, and your joy. Let's make the best out of the second half of our lives by having more fun, experiencing more peace, and feeling more joy. If any of this resonates with you, then this podcast is for you. I'm Megan Bayless-Bartley. Now let's get ready to shift our shit. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Shifting Our Shit. I'm Megan Bayless-Bartley and today, well this season, joined by Elizabeth McCormack. Hi, Elizabeth. Hey, how are you? I'm great. And Britt Riddle is joining us for another episode. We're going to be talking about um, resentment today. Britt, hello. Welcome. Thank you. Good to see you all. Yes. Okay. So this season, season three, we've been talking a lot about boundaries. And, you know, I went through and I was listening to all of our episodes and the word resentment came up multiple times in talking about boundaries. So I was thinking about this and in our description, I wrote, you know, resentment, it seems to me, takes a while to get to. So before we hit resentment, we might get irritable, we might get annoyed, we might get, you know, whatever sort of, I don't know, easier feelings or, you know, not as intense. And then we get to resentment. So what what is resentment? Yeah, I... As I was thinking about this, I was thinking about resentment as being anger and frustration and unmet needs and unfairness and injustice without a voice. And maybe even more so without a voice, without a voice that feels heard. Absolutely. Like maybe they've tried to say something and they're not being heard, whether it's at work with a boss, whether it's with a partner, whether it's with your kids. Uh, I think there's a lot of, a lot. I, I find that very applicable in my own life, but. I think it also kind of lands in where our relationships kind of meet. And if we look at our relationship as like, okay, it's this piece of fabric and when it gets pulled too hard or there's little tears where things haven't served the relationship well, over time, you're going to get a hole. Over time, these tiny little infractions to the relationship where somebody continually doesn't listen when you say, no, that's not going to work for me, but they keep coming back at you to say, now, can't you really make that work for you? Like these little tiny things become something big. And so as we're looking at maybe resentment more on the spectrum and saying, okay, we start to feel uncomfortable maybe, and then we start to maybe move to my discomfort's a little bit bigger and it's being frustrated with not speaking and you may be using our own voice to say, I feel uncomfortable and I'm not saying anything and I'm feeling uncomfortable and I'm still not saying anything and I'm not trusting my gut. And those tiny little feelings that we have over time, I think move us on the spectrum from having little uncomfortable to frustration towards anger towards, Oh, now I have a pile of things that I'm angry about and I haven't felt heard. I haven't felt that, I have done the right things to honor my own needs. And so not only am I frustrated and maybe resentful of, a, of someone else, but I'm probably resentful and angry with myself that I've overcommitted or I've allowed this person to treat me this way, or I've gotten stuck in the relationship over time where 
kind of feel like there's no option for you when the relationship doesn't feel like somebody you can go to them and say like, um, this continually feels uncomfortable and we're just both ignoring it and not saying anything. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I was trying to uh, think earlier about what resentment feels like in my body Mm. Uh, because all of those from, from frustration to anger to, and all the in-betweens to resentment, they all feel, I think, similar, but slightly different. But that's, yes. for me, that sense of heaviness that will not go away, that comes with me wherever, I, that goes with me wherever I am, um, is, is what I notice first when I, when I think about resentment. Yeah, the image that just came to me was this idea of like bricks, you know, being mortared into a path and it's like, one brick is, you know, it's has a heaviness to it, you know, and, and, but as you put brick into brick into brick into brick, and then you mortar it all together and it's all, it's become something heavy, maybe rigid, maybe continuous, you know, it's not something that's easy or. Uh, you can't just lay the bricks down for a minute. and no. Yeah, it's like this, it's like this walkway that you're walking on and then it's like with you all the time. Yeah, so we're we're not gonna get into how <laughs> boundaries, we've talked about this, you know, boundaries and resentment are very closely linked. Uh, we're gonna follow up with that in part two, but you know, I wonder, you know how do we get to the point of resentment? Like, you know, because it's not, I, I said before we came on here, I don't want this to be like a, um, you know, blame the victim kind of uh, scenario where we're like, oh, you know, person just has to have better boundaries because I know what it's like to have people who just push or if you're like a people pleaser or a caregiver and you're just like, I want to help out, you know, and I want to participate in this thing. And so those little tiny infractions, you know, that we, we're talking about where it's, if they build up and they, you know, exhaust us, you know, talking about the idea of regaining our time and energy, right? And for many of us, as we're getting close to 40 or closer to 50, um, you know, we get in that we, we can kind of look back and look at, see like, oh, wow, you know, do I want to keep doing things the way I've been doing them? You know, there's, there's this pattern I have that doesn't feel good with a person at work or with myself. And I want to choose something different. You know, how do I even, what do I do with all this resentment? I think that over time is kind of the key point that moves us towards resentment. It's like, it, it's not just a one time and then I'm seething with, with frustration and anger and, and that kind of stuff that's moved us. I think it's kind of being able to pay attention to kind of what's happening in a relationship and feeling that we have our own sense of power and control. When we do not feel like we have our own sense of power and control, we will let all kinds of things go by and not highlight them or we'll become avoidant of them. Being avoidant is a huge red flag that we're not fully using our energy 
Um, and I always like to think about, you know, my yes is preventing someone else from being able to say yes. And so if it really needs to be my no about something, whether that's an activity, some role I'm playing in a relationship, I might be taking away someone's really active, excited yes. And wouldn't they be giving maybe what is needed in that situation rather than me just wanting to be needed or me wanting to have my cup filled by look at all these good things I'm doing that has more to do with my own ego. And so really being able to take time to ourselves to examine kind of what's going on. What do we feel really good about and where's my energy used well? And what do I feel like isn't a good use of my energy, but I just keep doing it because I don't know how to say no, or I don't want to feel the uncomfortable feelings that someone else might have about my no. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think that's really helpful, Elizabeth, in thinking about relationships. And when I'm thinking about resentment, because I work with a lot of people who are caregivers and, and experiencing compassion fatigue, I often think about it also in, in the workplace. And I I'm thinking about how burnout and resentment on the way to burnout is not simply about working too much. I think we often think about well, if I just worked less, um, but it's not about working too much. It's about, as you said, in relationships, it's about those unmet needs, those unmet expectations, those um, goals that we have in the back of our mind that suddenly just feel like we can't even think about them because uh, we've got so much going on. And I think especially in terms of um, resentment in the work environment on the way to compassion fatigue and burnout, that feeling of working, even when we're not working, that feeling of waiting for the phone calls, waiting for the emails, um, that sense that we have to jump to answer them. That for me um, is a huge warning sign for that resentment is, is close. Yeah. Well, and that's similar to being a parent, right? Yeah. Is like, <laughs> we're, you know, I remember when the kids were little and I was just waiting for the, you know, preschool to say, oh, your kid's sick. And I'd have to cancel my whole day and go pick up the kid or whatever, you know, like that you're just constantly in this waiting mode of, you know, getting pulled in a direction that you weren't intending to go and that you feel like you, you know, with your kid, you have to go get the kid, you know, and with a job, if you, usually if you want to keep your job, you have to do the things. But I do think in that process of like, okay, well, then I need to pay attention to kind of what I'm doing to say, like, this morning, I sat down and I started a new novel. And I was like, yes, there are a bunch of other things I could be doing this morning. There's a there's a long list. It's you know, a week before Christmas today. And so um, to be honest, there's there's all kinds of things. But I really had a moment where I was like, nope, I need, I'm going to have time off coming up. I need to kind of pay attention to how I'm going to best use that time and finding a new novel and just letting myself sit here. There's not someone I need to call. There's not a phone call or an email or you know, another arrangement that needs to happen. I don't need to go make more holiday peanut butter fudge. That's a, you know, kind of tradition at my house. Um, that was a recipe handed down for generations, you know, all of those <laughs> things. I was really in this moment where I was like, no, it's 
it's good for me to sit down and just read the first couple of chapters to see if this is going to be my next book that I get time to read once the holidays do actually arrive. And so I think it takes us fighting ourselves in some ways of saying, I know that I'll be resentful if I go and stir another batch of fudge for the next hour. And so instead, I'm going to work really hard to try to be present in this moment and being conscious of that so that it's almost like resentment prevention, and which we'll get to in a minute. But um, I think it's about us finding it before the resentment, you know, catches up with us. Do you think, though, that it ta it's taken you to be at the age you're at, you know, like closing in closer to 50, where you're sort of like, you know, 10 years ago, I, I wouldn't have known that. You know what I mean? Like I would have still been doing all the things. So I think part of this is being gentle with ourselves. If we're in, you know, the thick of this where we're not yet at the place where we can like, you know, go read that novel, right. And be like, screw it. I, I've decided, you know, I've got my energy focused somewhere else and I have not put up any Christmas decorations. Granted, I have a kiddo whose birthday is on the ninth. So I usually don't decorate till after the ninth or when she wants to decorate. But I saw my husband getting the tree out of the basement and he was lugging it and I've done it every single year. And I was like, yeah, okay. You know, like my daughter finally said, we need to put up the, the Christmas tree. And so he started getting it out and doing it. Right. So that, that was a nice feeling where it wasn't like, mom, can you come do this? And, you know, and I, I'm happy with saying, go ask your dad. I've got another project I'm working on. And feeling comfortable that if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't happen, that's okay too. There's a season for all of these things that we do. And um, I think kind of paying attention to our own internal thermometer about what needs to happen, what doesn't need to happen, and kind of saying, okay, I know that if I take care of myself and allow the other people in my life to have a moment to take care of themselves, my 14-year-old came home randomly and said he wanted to learn how to do the laundry. And I was like, <laughs> what? What is going on? And I, like, at the moment was like, go ahead, buddy. There's a load in there. Just get to rotate, and it's a great yeah. time. But, you know, like following up on that, I feel like, oh, now I need to go back to him and be like, hey, how's that, how's, how's that desire to do laundry going for you? But um, I think it's all in these pieces of I could be resentful about doing all the laundry or I can kind of allow the world to kind of tell me what's needed and, and where those pullings um, are happening for them. Yes. Yeah, I think as I'm listening to you all um, talking about that, that it sounds like both of you are all saying when we get into shoulds is where resentment, <laughs> resentment, we're on the way to resentment when we should, yes. be, we should be. And I was thinking about the, the stories we make up about um, how much we're needed about what would happen if we said no, or didn't, didn't put up the Christmas tree. Um, and, and, and those stories that we, our brain, our minds naturally, naturally make up, they get us into those shoulds If I should do this because I've always done it. We've always made a lot of fudge. I, so I should do that again. And yes, sometimes just, we, we're not going to do it. Right. And, well, and speak, okay. speaking of the laundry, Elizabeth, so my kids are in charge of the laundry on the weekends. 
But if I happen to be near the laundry machine, I have the should of like, well, you're here. You should just check it and rotate it, you know, because the kids are doing whatever. And I have to fight myself so hard to not do it. It is insane just because I'm like, oh, I just want to be a helper. I want to help out. I want to show the kids like what it's like to just, oh, you're near the washer machine. You can just rotate those you know, loads out or whatever. Um, but the shoulds, yeah, shooting all over myself. Well, and I recently was listening to someone else. So, you know, there's other people out there that have opinions about this, but it really, for me, resonated. Megan, you kind of mentioned like in my thirties, what would I have done? Well, I was busy trying to make everybody around me happy. I was yes. busy being a good wife and being a good mom of littles and yes. all these different things and needing to be needed. And I think that's probably been the more significant shift for me is like, oh, I need to find my worth in my own self rather than external validation of my worth. Yes. And I find that if we get really caught up in that Judeo-Christian message of your whole life is about serving others and that can be really challenging if it's taken out of this context of, I don't need to take care of myself. People will just take care of me because they'll feel such love for the things I do for them. And I think it all gets kind of women typically get kind of swept up into being a good disciple means that I'm a good wife. I'm a good mother. I'm a good Christian person. And that means I just, my whole life is in service, but your life really can't be in service unless you believe that you are worthy of being the one, being the one that takes care of themselves, being the one that then can take care of others. It's it's all mixed up in there, which can be a real tripping point for us when it comes to the shoulds and what it means to, to be who we are. Mm -hmm. Well, and, uh, you know, the other thing I was thinking about with all this is the fear of confrontation, right? Like for, the, for those of us, and maybe it's like specific people, you know, that it's like, oh, I've had, you know, issues with when I talk to that person, how our conversations go, right? Of like the fear of if I stand up for myself or if I say, hey, this isn't working for me. Whereas like, you know, if, if I, I go back and think about this, you know, where, you have this idea of the shoulds of like what I should be like as a wife or what I should be like as a mom versus being able to say, I am a person who likes to go to bed early. I, my brain is off by eight o'clock, nine o'clock, forget it. Like, you know, and so how do I own now that I'm well into my forties, it's like, I can own like, this isn't about you. This is 100% about me. This is where I'm at. I couldn't do that 10 years ago, right? Um, where it's like, you know, instead of ask, it's the idea of just asking for what I need. I need to not be in deep conversation at 8 or 9 p.m. at night. I will get up at 5 or 6 or 7 and do that with you because I'm a morning person, but I can't do it. Like, it's not going to go well. So this this simple idea of like, one, asking for what we need. Two, you know, making sure we're heard or we stay on top of 
wait a minute, I'm not sure you understood what I said. How can I help you understand that this isn't a good time for me to talk right now? You know, you're pushing, you're pushing my boundary. You're, you know, I, I use the word consent a lot <laughs> at our house because that seems to get like everybody's attention. It's like, I'm not consenting to this conversation. Like, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, maybe that's taken it, you know, to the extreme, but it's like, I am happy to do this at a different time. I want to have this conversation with you. I cannot consent to doing that right now. Am I crazy? You guys are like laughing at me. <laughs> no, I think it's so important to know first name and then also um, claim, I guess, our, our own our own boundaries because yeah, if you have those conversations late at night, you're going to be resentful when you're tired the next morning. And uh, I think, I think being able to get to a point where we don't feel like we have to apologize or over-explain our our needs. Yes, because as, as we've said, resentment is at least partially unmet needs over time. Yes, and I mean, I know for me, if if I if I am feeling like I'm having to apologize for not responding to a phone call or a text or an email immediately, or when I start getting into that mode of I'm, oh yeah, over apologizing, I know that I'm about to feel or already feeling some, some resentment. Right. Well, this is a great segue into part two of resentment and how it relates to boundaries. So join us in our next uh, part two of episode five.